Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to Red Inca. I'm Jared Kimber. Uh, we're in the World Cup, so we're doing the World Cup Red Incas. This show was brought to you by HCL Tech, leaders in data and technology, and you can see their names right there on the sleeve of the Australian team. Don't know, some variation on the normal Red Inca. But uh, I thought today what would be great would be to ask a bunch of my friends and people in Discord, and I'm trying to, I don't think anyone got to back on Twitter as well, but for their World Cup hot takes. And I'll be honest, I did think to myself at the time I would have a lot of World Cup hot takes. I'm not sure I have that many at the moment, other than the fact that, you know, one of the reasons we do the power list, of course, is because teams play good teams and they play bad teams and we get very excited. And perhaps the excitement in Australia right at the moment is more to do with the fact that they play two very good teams and they played poorly against them. And now they've played uh, three not as good teams and they played very well against them. Um, so I'm not sure that's a hot take, but sometimes you just have to look at who they're going up against. But I got some absolute rippers, and I won't, I won't throw anyone's names out there so they can't get attacked on, on Twitter but, or, or any social media threads. But there's some really good ones we got. So the, one of the first ones I got was that Zimbabwe would have been sixth or seventh in this tournament had it gone ahead. And that really threw me a little bit. It is an extremely hot take. Um, so I'm trying to think who the... And I think they probably mean by the end of it, right? But um, if you have a look at the points table right now, and uh, uh, who would they be playing against? They'd be playing ahead of Netherlands, probably, in that uh, situation. So Netherlands have got one win and four losses so far. And would Zimbabwe be doing better than that? It's a fantastically um, interesting question. I thought coming into this tournament, that Zimbabwe, it would have been better if Zimbabwe made it, not because I didn't want the Dutch to, to go through, just because I thought Zimbabwe would be even better at this tournament. I thought they were more suited. The two spinners they have, the way they attack spin themselves. Also, Zimbabwe in general just spins more. Maybe they wouldn't finish sixth or seventh, but I think they would have been a really, if, if you, let's not throw out Netherlands or Sri Lanka, let's just say everyone qualified. I think Zimbabwe would have been absolutely fantastic in this tournament. It's a very good hot take. I don't know about sixth or seventh, but we'll, we'll you know, uh, it's a good one. Another one I got was that Netherlands best is the best fielding side in this tournament. And it's funny because I think this came in after I'd already written that up. You know, watching them against Australia, I think then the fielding graphic came up and they were at 87% catching percentage. I think that's right. I mean, they've been incredible in the field. And, and what's interesting about this one is, I'm sure if you went man for man, other teams would have better fielders than them. 
But if you look at them as a unit and the way that they jump around and everything else, I'm not sure this isn't right. Uh, if, if, if you actually look at the best performing fielding unit in this, it's a very high, uh, spicy hot take, but it might also be very close to being accurate, even if you discount the catches. Although, do you count the roll-off fandom over catch where he caught it and then rolled the ball on the ground? Does that count as a drop? Because I think it should count as a drop. Right? Now now we're getting spicy for no reason here. Uh, thanks to Soham, who's in the chat as well. Um, Australia and New Zealand were stupid to select injured players who could only play a few games, especially with the small squad sizes. I think we all know that I disagree vehemently with the squad sizes for this World Cup, but I also agree with this this take in general. You know what the size of the squad is coming in. Uh, If you make decisions like... I kind of figure in a six-week period, there's always going to be an injury. So you're probably always better off if you don't think a player is going to play to, I think you're always going to be better off to have them out of the squad and then find an injury and change than you are to do it uh, the way that other teams go. Um, but I think we've seen this before as well. I suppose sometimes it probably comes off well and other times it doesn't. Is that is that maybe fair? But yeah, it's not, not particularly the best way of doing it. Another one was South Africa have a problem bowling to the lower order. Not sure this is a hot take at the moment. I suppose the hot take element would be that they have a problem bowling to the lower order and it will be an issue when they need it to be in this World Cup. I would say there's only one game where South Africa lost the game um, or put the game in any jeopardy at all because of bowling to the tail. And that's obviously the Netherlands game. They got the Netherlands quite a few wickets down and then, uh, you know, the 7, 8, 9, 10, 10? Yeah, I think it was Aaron Dutt at 10, wasn't it? Um, made a lot of runs and made them look a little bit stupid at the end. Is it just that maybe they were up against the Dutch and they took their foot off? And then in the other two games, they were massively ahead, so maybe they just didn't worry about it? I don't know. It could also just be that they're not very good at bowling against the tail. I I can't remember ever thinking of a team that wasn't particularly good at bowling to the tail in limited overs cricket. But it's only because you don't bowl to the tail regularly in limited overs cricket. So is is it not a strength that they get to the tail and then Obviously, we have to ask ourselves some questions about what happens when they get there. Um, I think that's very interesting. Uh, the other one is South Africa are a bat first team. This is the coldest take. Uh, no, I mean, that's probably a little bit unfair. I've just done a big video on this. It'll be on the main channel. If you're watching live on the YouTube now, it won't be there, but probably by the time most of you listen to this on podcast or actually catch up with this episode, it'll be there. Um, Muku's just putting the... Fu- uh, final touches on it. Yeah, we're just probably listening to this, but like, no, we need the final touches. Don't say that, Jared. Um, they are a bat first team. What I was surprised to see is that they've been a bat first team all the way through their history, and that they are that that it has cost them in as many World Cups as it has, and that they are so much worse at batting. Um, uh, they are so much more of a batting first team at World Cups, and I go into it more in the in the video. But it's funny we talk about. It, this is always my issue with South Africa is everyone loves to throw the choke word out there and they've had some bizarre things. They didn't really choke in 1992. They were massive, massively behind the game. Uh, in 1996, they never even got that. They didn't even got close enough to choke. In 2003, someone, you know, they misunderstood the rules. You know, there, there's plenty of, uh, um, they've certainly had some games where they have, uh, 2011 comes to mind where, you know, they should have won. There's another one too, wasn't there? Um, they got absolutely smashed by Australia in 2007. But I think generally when you look at those South African teams, there is a reason why they had a weakness. And perhaps in bilateral cricket, especially against you know uh, teams that weren't quite as good, uh, you could see why they would be in a, in a position where they could overcome that a little bit. And then in the World Cup, 
you know. Or just playing against Shane Warne, I suppose, would be the one, right? So I do think that there's uh, an issue there. But having said all that, they are about first team. And it is harder to chase in World Cups. I'll leave it there. You can watch the full video if, if you're still interested in that cold take. There's a, this is another cold take, actually. Pakistan's spin attack is their worst in history. Or is this a cold take? Uh, you would have to go all the way through. I would have to have a look at who their spinners were in the earlier tournaments. 92, obviously, Mushtaq Ahmed, 96, 99. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't think it's the, well, I don't think it's obviously the least talented ODI spin attack, but I think it's the least, one of the least threatening ones I've ever had. And then, of course, with Shadab Khan and now Osama Mur, dreadfully out of form, um, I would have to say that um, uh, that um, that you're in a situation where if you've got three spinners and two of them can't land the ball where they're supposed to, even if they are good, it doesn't really matter, right? Like you know, you get you get to that point where they're not doing uh, very very well. Uh, I've got another one. Liam Livingston is undroppable for England. It's interesting, actually. I think if he's going to play, I would rather Butler be at six and him at seven with either of them with the ability to go up the order. Um, but then you need someone in that top six to be able to bat um, a little bit. And I almost think that Moen Ali scoring 30 off 30, 25 off 25, might be more useful for England in that way. I'm not sure I agree that Livingston is undroppable, but you watch the way they played in this tournament and you do wonder how he was made a scapegoat when there are certainly you know far bigger issues than him. But that's kind of what happens sometimes, right? He is more of a fringe player in this team. You know, I, I saw him make runs in um, was it Southampton. He made his runs, or did he make runs in both of those games against New Zealand? He really is a fantastic player when he gets going. Um, and I thought he showed there that he had the ability to bat long periods of time as well, which is, you know, I mean, he's got a good first class record for someone who hasn't played it in 100 years. Um, but I think he had to kind of prove that a little bit as well. And then he did, and he's still no, not there. All right, what else we got? <laughs> this, this, is, this is hot. This is, I'm going to, whoo, Moen Ali shouldn't have been on the plane to India. And I've been thinking about this a lot because there's a part of me that never thought that this would work perfectly for them. Um, you know, that, that trying Moen Ali um, when he hasn't bowled, I, I mean, he played a lot of one day, so he's been in the side, but he's not quite a frontline bowler anymore. And I think when you had Ben Stokes' his ability to bowl, it was a little bit different. And the problem is that if you match him with Liam Livingston or Sam Curran, uh, Sam Curran, uh, Joe Root, they're just a little bit too similar to him, right? And so I do think that there is perhaps a slight issue with that. Um, by the way, I should say there's a lot of hot takes coming up here uh, uh, from England, and they were not made by English people. But the reason is, is England are playing so bad that everyone has a hot take about England. Um, someone else says Sam Curran is a batting all-rounder. I understand the theory there. I'm not sure that Sam Curran is actually a batting all-rounder because I don't think he's batting as strong enough. Um, but I love, I love the, uh, the hot take uh, nature of it. David Willey is not an all-rounder. I think a lot of us kind of feel that way. T20 is a little bit different. The thing with David Willey is I almost think his batting works best up the order, right? And so if you look at um, David Willey down the order, it, it, it doesn't quite make as much sense. I think he's really good taking on spinners and batting in the power play. And you're not really going to use him that way in a one day. So his batting just isn't as useful in ODI cricket. Uh, uh, Mark Wood is a terrible middle overs enforcer. Ooh. 
the thing about Mark Wood is when you look at his numbers overall, you know, traditionally he's had really, really good numbers. And I, I don't want to suddenly say that he's terrible. Um, but what I would say is that there's something very specific about Liam Plunkett, tall, strong, hitting the deck, that is very different to Mark Wood. I know they're both northerners and they're both fast bowlers, so you know they can easily get confused for each other. But there's something really, really different about that. So I suppose, um, you know, if if you have that as uh, as an option, um, you're you're talking about a, a shorter, faster, skittier bowler, whereas Plunkett's big thing was whacking the pitch halfway down. I almost think Bryden Cast would be better in that role if if he was in the side. And I know he's in the squad now. Uh, another one on England. There's so many. Uh, Gus Atkinson. He said terrible is terrible as an out and out pace option. Yeah, I, the thing with Atkinson is. I think he, I've seen this a couple of times with England of recent times where they pick fast bowlers who aren't quite fast, fast. And I do think there is a difference now between Unric Nokia and, and, uh, you know, Lockie Ferguson and Harris Rowe, just that level below, right? Um, and, and I do think there is a, a key difference between those two things. So I can see that. Have you ever wondered how I watch so much cricket? I use VPNs to log into accounts from all around the world. But because before, even simple things like when something exciting would happen in a match, I would rush over to social media, and when I got there, the clips would say something along the lines of, this video is not available in your area. In fact, most of the coolest cricket stuff in the world at the moment is geo-blocked because some random board didn't sign a deal where you happen to live. If you're a hardcore cricket nerd, the only way is to have a VPN, and we suggest Surfshark. They will give you the speed of your favorite quick bowler. They're as inventive as a T20 batter after a bunch of dot balls, and they're as secure as a specialist wicketkeeper with the softest hands in the world. And guess what? The kind folks at Surfshark are going to give you a deal. Enter the promo code Kimba for an extra three months free at surfshark.deals forward slash Kimba. There are probably other things that Surfshark can help you with, like data and identity theft and traceability and intrusive advertising. But for us, it is our best weapon against the evil cricket geoblock. Go to Surfshark and type my name in K-I-M-B-E-R and get three months free today. Gerald Kotsia is the next big thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like Kotsia. I'm not 100% in on him yet. Um, although I wasn't when I first saw Anrik Nokia as well. And one thing I would say about South African bowlers is I like the way they kind of skill up. Upskill? I meant skill up. I meant upskill. I'll get it out eventually. Um, and I do like that about uh, South Africa, that um, they get fast bowlers and then they, they learn little things as they get better. If you could do that, I'm very interested in him. At the moment, I'm not, I, I think that's too spicy a take for me. Uh, India's bench could win this World Cup. Important to note, also not from an Indian, uh, this one. Could India's bench win the World Cup? I think is is they have the ability to take as many wickets. So let's say you had Shami on the bench and then you had a bunch of other bowlers. Who were the other seamers slash spinners? Spinners it would be fine, wouldn't it? You'd have um, Ashwin and Chahal um, and Akshar, I suppose, if you needed it. And then who else is... Um, uh, and who else is there out there? Um, I'm trying to think of the other seamers. Yeah, it's okay. But yeah, I think... I think it struggles a little bit. I think the great thing about India at the moment is the consistency with the bat and the ability at the moment to score quick with the defensive bowlers who can also take wickets, if that makes sense. But they've kind of got everything covered. 
I'm not sure their bench would quite have that. But I'm not saying their bench couldn't win the World Cup either if things went their way. But I think they need things to go their way. Uh, New Zealand's best players would entirely populate the bench of a modern-day World eleven. None of them would make it to the team. <sighs> That's probably true, isn't it? Or is Daryl Mitchell someone who could bat five or six, maybe five? I think there are better players than Daryl Mitchell too. And Lockie Ferguson. The, the only thing I would say is, would Matt Henry, if you wanted to be, if you wanted to be absolutely sure you're going to take early wickets, Matt Henry is probably um, uh, the best player um, to go for there. Um, I would have thought uh, from that perspective. Um, uh, so yeah, I think. And then Bolt with the knuckleball. But who does Bolt get in ahead of, or who does Henry get in ahead of? So if you've got Bumra, um, yeah, I'd have to go deep on that one. Where does Rabada fit into that as well? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's 100% right, but I get the idea of that hot take, and it, there's a lot of sense to it. What else have we got here? Um, New Zealand may end up battling for a fourth spot. I didn't, um, I didn't really think that was um, something that was going to be coming up at all. Um, Again, I have to go back to the points table on that one. Just have a quick look. Um, what are they? They're four and one. And then who did they play next? Play India. Then they got Pakistan. They've got a tough. I, I get that. I think that's good. I think that's really good. I, I, I think to be fair to New Zealand so far, they've had a very, um, a very, very good schedule. I still think they played really good cricket and they still smashed England with, you know, half a bowler. Um, so, um, it goes down every, every time I talk about it, there's less bowlers. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that's, I, I like that. I, I still think South Africa, what are they called? New Zealand are playing good enough to be able to do that. Then we've got Siraj just had a good tournament. I actually got two along these lines. I, I think they, there was something wrong with the way they, they were kind of pushing Siraj early on. I think since then he's bowled a lot better. Um, I, I kind of think anyone who, I actually think a lot of bowlers have had fairly decent tournaments, um, but there are probably individual times when they haven't done them or they're being misused. And so I, I, I can get that. I can get behind that. I'm not, I think one of the people said good tournament. Someone else said he's been a beast. I think I'm probably more good tournament than beast, but I can see why a lot of people wouldn't do that. Um, I had another hot take that South Africa versus India in the finals. I'm not sure that's a hot take though, because I would say outside of, unless you got ex very excited about Australia's win today, I would say that South Africa and India are the two best teams. I have some issues about South Africa, which will be on the video tomorrow on the main channel, uh, but I like that. And then finally, Aiden Markram is the most improved player at the World Cup. I haven't gone through this. It is a piece that I've been working on. Um, it's a tough one to make and uh, and everything else uh, just because of the timings and everything, but we're trying to get it out there. Kuldeep Yadav and Heinrich Klaassen, I think, are also two other people um uh you know that are uh, you know a huge huge part of it um so yeah i think um i think that's certainly the case um when it comes to just trying to yeah i'm i'm trying to think if i'm missing anyone else but i think those are the obvious ones um look i have a short break if you've got a super chat i see a lot of people i don't think i've ever done super chats on a red inca but people have already come in with them so thank you i see there's a few other um uh, hot takes as well. So we'll get to those in a moment. But I have a quick break. Uh, but thank you to everyone for being on the live. And uh, 
let's, I don't know, play an ad and, and I'll read up what you guys have said. A uh, couple of comments. I think Ant said that I missed Arshdeep when I was talking about the Indian bench team, which I think is very, very fair. Um, and there's a few others. Uh, oh, let's see if I can get them all. Uh, but thank you to everyone for sending them through. I think we've got a couple of... I'm just trying to get as many of the hot takes as I can. Medium take. Oh. I don't know about medium takes. If you're going to have a take, either make it cold or hot. <laughs> I don't know why that rule comes in. Siddharth, oh, uh, Siddharth says, uh, Afghanistan is good, but not that good. The teams that they have uh, got going against uh, through numerous issues inside and outside the field. Um Afghanistan is good, but not that good. I don't think anyone really disagrees with that, do they, Siddharth? In fact, I might have got one that said Afghanistan could make the finals as a hot take, and I don't know why I didn't copy that down. Although I copied it down like 20, so it's okay if I miss one. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone thinks they're that good because there's still a long way to go. There's still weaknesses within this team and, and everything else. They need the right, probably, conditions sometimes, maybe the right, you know, toss and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, so. Yeah, I think that's a sensible take, Siddharth, rather than a hot take. Bandana says, and this this is spicy, Shami and Siraj are the key to making India religiously tolerant. The reason I wouldn't say that is, um, isn't Shah Rukh Khan a Muslim? Like, and he, like, I don't know anything about Bollywood. And, you know, obviously, I know mostly of Shah Rukh Khan through, was it the video at the start of the IPL where he was wearing pads in the video? Or there was some sort of weird pads. And obviously, being a KKR owner, something to do with TKR as well. Um, but like, I don't think, I don't think that's how it works, but Hey, it's a hot take and you've got to give Vandana um, some effort there. There's some, there's some spice on that one. Um, oh, press the wrong button there. Uh, what else have we got? Pratik says ODI tests the most skills of a player. No, no. I mean, <laughs> there's no cricketer in the world I've ever met who believes that they think that there are things that ODI cricket and T20 cricket bring in some ways that might test parts of what you do compared to test cricket. Test cricket tests you in a whole different way all the way through. You know, you at times you need, you know, to be in a handbrake all the way through to fifth or sixth gear. You know, the way that you bowl, having to, you know, uh, bowl defensively, bowl attackingly, uh, come up with fields. You don't have the advantages of the ring. Um, you know, little things like that, um, all sorts of things. Though test cricket is not. But I'll give you that critique. It was a hot take. Darshan says... England has the weakest bowling attack in this World Cup. I almost read that as one of the weakest. Like, I, I was correcting it in my mind, Darshan. Um, I suppose the Netherlands has the weakest bowling attack. What would be next? Would it be Bangladesh? And so England at the moment, I mean, certainly with the all-rounders, you would have to say uh, they were up there. I'm not sure Bangladesh's bowling attack has been sensational, although to be fair, they haven't had many runs made from them. Um I, I think England could probably upgrade slightly in parts over Bangladesh, but yeah, maybe second equal second worst. Um, it, it's a it's got a bit of spice to it. I don't know if it's hundred percent true, but it's true enough that I like saying it out loud. Uh, Carl says Sri Lanka World Cup champions in four years. What, what format might be the biggest question there, uh, Carl? Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's so far out. I mean, they have a really young team. They're all going to have experience. They're all going to play together for the next four years. Um, it's fun to say that it's a possibility, Carl. Uh, but you know, it, it's pushy, but it's it's nice. It's hot, it's spicy. We like it. Uh, Nabil says medium take. Come on, Nabil, you're better than this, mate. Marco Janssen is the most underrated contributor this World Cup. I'm not sure he's been. A, uh, maybe he has been. It's hard, isn't it? Because you know, 
Muckerman, QDK, and and um, uh, Klassen have gone nuts. So there's other people in his team doing that. What else would I say about that take? Um, he's overperformed with the bat and the ball, um, but maybe hasn't quite had the star. I mean, the innings obviously was incredible, but maybe he hasn't quite had the starring um, potential of some of the other players. I'm trying to think of someone else who's been uh, underrated, who's done brilliantly. It's a very, very good question, actually. I'm trying to think of, because Ratchman Ravindra was fairly well rated, wasn't he? It's a good one, Nabil. You might be up there there. I like it. Kanish says, New Zealand and Australia will play in the World Cup final. I mean, that's, I would say that they're the third and fourth best teams as it currently stands. So that feels like that's hot and spicy. So in that situation, India and South Africa have to collapse, which from, which it would, if nothing else will be fun, right? So that seems like the most fun option. I always go for anarchy over sense um, in these sorts of things. So they, look, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some hotness to that one. Ankit says, England win through and lose in the semis to India. That would be the, is that not the funniest? I don't know if it's the hottest take, but that's got to be one of the funniest, right? Like if they somehow come back, get absolutely great and go up against India and it doesn't matter anyway, that would be fantastic because they'd be so confused too. How do you even rate a tournament like that? Um, it reminds, that actually reminds me a little bit when I went for the Melbourne Stars, when we were lucky, we shouldn't have really got through to the semifinals. Then we did. And we rolled Hobart. Um, and then we should have beaten Melbourne Renegades in the final. We didn't. And like at the end, I was looking at my notes, go, how do I write a report on this season? Um, because we massively overperformed and, and we shouldn't have. But at the same time, we should be really disappointed we didn't win the final. It's a very weird one. So I like that hot take. I, I, I fear for England's uh, and for humor's sake, that won't happen. But hey, let's cheer the funny. Uh, what's this? Anorakan says Indian athletes have killer mentality problem, which is why they lose knockout matches. No, I don't think it's mentality. I, if you want to go back, I did a really deep dive into this. It's like six parts long or five parts long. It's a lot of parts. Um, on the main channel, Anorakan, I think if you, I probably look in Australia, uh, sorry, you look in India, World Cup failures or something, Jared Kimber might come up. I can't remember the name of the video. Um, no, I think there were very real reasons. And I think they've actually, to be fair, in this World Cup so far, completely change their DNA as it is and the way they're going about it. So I don't think that's, I mean, they might still lose in the knockout matches because that's kind of how World Cups go. And also in this particular World Cup, it's, you know, kind of a bit crazy, right? Soham says, India once again are going to choke in the semifinals after remaining undefeated in the league stage. Oh, it's kind of the same question twice, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I don't think that's as hot a take as people might assume. Because let's say they don't lose a game in the qualifying round, right? So they go nine and zero, which would be fantastic. So I think New Zealand went seven and one, and what did England go last time? Seven and two? I can't even remember eight and one. I can't remember. Anyway, it's very possible that India could go nine and zero. Let's say they've got some tough games to go, but let's just say that they're playing the best cricketer at the moment, and, and they they run through those other teams. It's very hard to go eleven and zero, especially when your last two games are against the best teams, and Everyone has been planning for you. So I don't think that's as... It's just knockout games are really, really hard. Nikon says, India has left out four players from their squad who will walk into every other team. Chahal, Ashdeep, Akshar, Jaiswal. Ashdeep is the one I'm interested in there. I think you're missing... Uh, you're missing Ash... Oh, no, Ashwin's in the squad now, isn't he? Ravi Bishnoi would play for most teams too, wouldn't he? Would he not play for everyone? Um... I don't think Arshdeep would walk into every team. He's played three ODIs, and I know that's partly because India's a really, really good team. 
He's played 20 list days. He averages 35. Good, good um, economy in those list days. I think, I think everyone knows how much I rate him. I don't know if he would walk in. Um, the other guys, Charles certainly would. Um, actually, I certainly would. Jaiswal, I think probably. Maybe there's a couple of teams may not take him. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that is very much a possibility. Um, and who's the other one? Yeah, Bishnoy, I think, is another one they're missing. Sanjay Sampson would play in quite a few. I mean, this happens a lot with the best teams, of course. Um, Vandana says, England will somehow make it to the semis uh, just because they have so much talent. Um, uh, please vids on the history of cricket culture in different countries. Yeah, I should probably do that one time, Vandana. And thank you for the super chat. So. Um, yeah, I should get to that one day. Um, yeah, well, I think if England's going to make it to the semis, that's listed. That That's with the other hot take we had before about New Zealand, right? New Zealand have a incredibly... Um, tough run home from here. I like the way they're playing, and I think they'll be. They should be in a lot of those games, but you know, they could easily lose a couple of them as well. What they got four to go, they could be um, two and two, which gets them to six. So they only need to slip up once, and it's one and three, right? And then England has a big chance. Um, Australia still has some tough games to go as well. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think England. I don't. I don't think England are out. I think Pakistan are probably gone aren't they but i don't think england are. it's weird pakistan just like no one's had many hot takes on them here so far uh nabil with a with a super chat hot take he comes back sri lanka will beat india and south africa i mean i thought that we had the uh you know the um siraj shami muslim one and what was the other really spicy one we had um maybe england being the worst bowling attack although maybe that's not that spicy there's another really spicy one Nabil might have got this. If Sri Lanka beat India, because if you say that they could beat either of them, I'm like, okay, so what are they? Maybe a 33% chance to win one of those games? To say they'll beat both. Really interested um, how Nabil has come about that. I do think they have changed their side a little bit, um, and they're playing slightly different cricket than they did at the start of the tournament. But, you know, that would seem to be a step up um, from where they currently are. Um, Let's finish with that. It was. It's a super chat. Um, thanks to Nabil uh, Vandana. Someone else gave a super chat, didn't they? Too uh, Siddharth as well for all your super chats. Um, but let's finish there because that is uh, very spicy. Uh, and thank you very much. And I apologize for not really having any great spice myself. And you guys have been great. And so have guys who work for me in the Discord community. Um, I don't know. There's somewhere in the middle of this tournament where it's actually frying my brain at this stage. Uh, but. Uh, great that so many of you could turn up to this chat and thank you very much and as I said we have the big um, South Africa video tomorrow we've got a bunch of stuff lined up at the moment uh, that will be coming out very very soon and I think and I think this week if I'm not mistaken on Friday was it Saturday? On Saturday uh, the Double Century, the first episode of the um, 1996 World Cup of Double Century comes out it's a really cool uh, little episode as well. Obviously, m- more people more interested in the second episode, but the first one has some cool things about Kenya and the UAE um, and a few other you know little tidbits there. But thank you, everyone, for supporting me on this channel. If it's your first time here, please subscribe to the channel. It helps us massively. Um, uh, like, comment, subscribe, share, do all those things. You're, um, so many of you have been supporting us in this World Cup on this you know new channel, and we're being you know so grateful to all of you but the more help you give us the better anyway that's it for red inca this week i'll come back and see you again next week thanks for listening this podcast has an ad-free version via patreon where there are many other extras as well including a discord channel there's a link to those in the show notes 
please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Barat Sundaresan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti Saina Payin and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts, while Mukunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube content. If you are a podcaster who happens to waffle on and you need a way to cut down your long-form content, Memento FM is here to save the day. They turn your lengthy media into bite-sized chunks for even the most time-starved audience. Start using Memento FM today.